Young adults. Young adulthood is an exciting time. You may be thinking about who you're going to marry, what career you're going to have, what school you're going to go to, what degree. There's all sorts of excitement. But there's also some unique obstacles. Young adulthood remains one of the leading times where people step away from the faith. So the question is, how to stay in the faith, how to live a godly life. That's what we're going to talk about today. Let's get into it. Welcome to Faith in Real Life, where we talk about biblical truths that are relevant to your life and faith. My name is Obi. I'm the pastor to single adults and men at First Baptist O'Fallon, and I am joined today by two of my favorite people in the world. I got Brandy Jones. It's true, Brandy. You are one of my favorite people in the world. And then uh, DJ Ramones. What's up, guys? What's up? Hey, Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Good to have you guys. Now, Brandy and DJ are two of my single young adult leaders, and uh, about how long have you all been on the, the leadership team? Um, I think I've been on it for about three years now. I want to say two to two and a half. Yeah. And what what are some of the things that I have leaders do on the leadership team? Um, one of the things that we do <laughs> is help prep the calendar for events that young adults would be interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to reach out to more young adults in the Metro East area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we try to get strategic in our planning where we think, what are some things that would reach some people, give opportunities for people to invite their friends uh, so they can come get connected and hopefully um, if they don't know Jesus that it'll connect them in a way that they can hear the gospel too so mm-hmm. yeah, anything else you'd add DJ anything else we do um, just to do our best to be that example of uh, single young adult Christians and how we're supposed to be living our life and prioritizing the things that we need to prioritize so yeah and that's that's really why I have you two on today is um, you know I, that's one of the things I ask and I have the leadership commitment form that mm-hmm. I have my leadership fill out every year and one of the things is to be that godly example and so um, really we want to talk about that because you two are uh, young adults who are in professional careers and and you're trying to live that uh, life of faith as a single young adult and then so you have a lot of a lot that um, I think could be um, gleaned from people listening there may be young adults out there who are really struggling with their faith that are listening um, and so I think today may be um, encouraging. We want to we want to acknowledge the obstacles, right? Mm-hmm. We we don't want to act like, oh yeah, just uh, you just go to church and and easy peasy, easy peasy, yeah. right? Yeah. But then there's also some parents. I get contacted by parents all the time that um, maybe their their young adult in their eyes it's their child, but their young adults getting ready to leave the house and and they're very worried because young adults do oftentimes step away from the faith or maybe they maybe they don't take a big step they just don't take a step to make the faith their own Mm -hmm. and so they just gradually fade away and and maybe five years go by and and they haven't really done anything with the faith and and then maybe another five years and before they know it they're they're people who used to be christians or they're christian in name but not really practicing so i have you two on because uh you are um faithful practicing christians but that doesn't mean that your life is without struggle and so we're going to uh, try to talk about some of those realities today. So a few weeks ago, we had um, the student uh, ministry had two representatives, and they did a wonderful job. And we had our student pastor. He's actually not with us today. He's uh, he's getting a vacation, and so we are going to um, test and see if he listened. So make sure you all <laughs> enjoy quiz him. your time. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy it. Make sure you all quiz him though when you see him uh, to make sure, sure he he paid attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That didn't sound like you're very committed to that mission, but um, (laughs) so we had uh, the students come on and they talked about 
um, some of the struggles that are unique to being a student. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, they talked about sexual uh, immorality, pornography, depression. And so certainly some of those are carryovers that young adults are going to face. But then there's also some very unique ones. Um, and so that's what I want to talk about today to start with is obstacles. What are some of the obstacles, difficulties, pitfalls facing young adults these days? So DJ, uh, DJ I want to start with you. So um, kind of going off of what you said in terms of the students, I believe that um, we've grown out of that in terms of the pornography part. But being in relationship, uh, we do struggle with sexual immorality still. And that's something that we tend to want to move away from. But it doesn't mean that we haven't put ourselves in those situations where we're tempted and we've fallen into it because um, one of the things that we surely struggle right now is that how do we continue to live up to the standard of this, the the Bible, of the especially in the culture that we're in where we're now being told that the first marriage is now commonly delayed in the later 20s mm-hmm. and um, now you're like, okay, well, I want to get married as soon as possible because it's been a while now, guy, like, come on, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm getting older, I'm not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. So you tend to struggle with that thought of like, am I going to be lonely forever and when will I ever get that right person to come by and say hey I want to spend the rest of my life with you so so for sexual immorality and just thinking of it and and some people because they've if they're walking in the faith then they've probably taken those steps that hopefully they're they have some accountability and things where um that pornography may not still be their problem Mm -hmm. but I'm going to just say that it is often for guys Mm -hmm. um and I and I do counsel a lot with guys that um, come in and, and they'll talk. And I say guys, I mean people, because uh, I know it's not exclusive to guys. It has tended historically to be predominantly male, mm-hmm. but it's not anymore. It just really isn't. Um, but sexual immorality in general, of course, is still a struggle. All right. You mm-hmm. got anything else? Um, also with that, the idea of singleness, mm-hmm. um, we tend to struggle with it, especially after maybe like a bad breakup when you tend to see like, what's the problem? Was it me? What did I do wrong? How can I what do I need to change and why why am I always falling into these same patterns of like, oh, I get in a relationship now. Now they tell me, oh, you need to fix this, fix that. And now it's all on me. And mm-hmm. the idea of loneliness and alone time and you're like, I don't want to be alone. And you just feel this void in, inside your heart and you're like, well, there's only one thing that can fill that up. And that's supposed to be God. Mm-hmm. But you've been trying to fill it up with other relationship, trying to find your identity in them rather than in Christ. And so. The idea of singleness, definitely something that we've been struggling with and not seeing the positive perspective of that, which is use your alone time to connect with God. Yeah, amen. Because uh, I think of both of these conversations for sexual immorality, but then also singleness. I think of First Corinthians. It's really starts in chapter six, um, about midway through, but then it goes into First Corinthians chapter seven, mm-hmm. uh, where it talks about sexual immorality. But also Paul has that part in verses one and two where he talks about um, that he wishes, or that if someone struggles with sexual immorality, that, that you, okay, go ahead and get married. Mm-hmm. But he wishes everyone were like him, which was single. And he specifically says in chapter seven that it's because he would like them to see that they can use it for God, that um, we can use, if we, you're a single adult out there, this is a time where you can maybe have some freedoms that you won't have yeah. at other points in your life to mm-hmm. be able to be, be used by God in a way that maybe later on you won't. And mm-hmm. and so I don't think we always see singleness like that. Uh, like DJ, you've mentioned before that sometimes you feel like, well, what's wrong with me, right? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we see that as opposed to seeing it as a blessing that God can use this time to shape you, mold you, and use you mm-hmm. in ways you might not 
uh, otherwise. So, Brandy, anything you want to add to his? Or I know you have some obstacles you want to talk about as well. DJ touched on it a little bit. I think that young adulthood is that time when you're just constantly developing and determining what your identity is and Mm -hmm. where it's rooted. And when you're in the midst of that journey, our beliefs are just constantly attacked. And um, so we're all used to as a child, like getting that extra guidance from our parents or from other mentors and uh, role models in our lives Mm -hmm. to kind of get a little bit extra, um, well, the guidance, but also the, like, just help in taking that next step. Mm -hmm. But when you're a young adult, you're like, well, I have to figure this out on my own. Mm -hmm. And while that's not always the case, you obviously should build a good, solid friend group that will help with that sort of thing. Um, it's easy to fall a trap to that also when you have those friends who mm. are in a better uh, place in life than you are, mm. um, whether it's your job or in relationship status mm. a lot of times. Like if you start a job and you just don't like it and you just feel trapped in that place, then sometimes we can start to feel like we lose our identity mm. there. And... Um, that's something that I've struggled with sometimes too, is I went to school for something, started a job, don't really like it, but I'm still doing it, mm-hmm. you know? And so then we look at other people who are really just thriving in that area and we're like, wait, why can't that be me? Yeah. And so you touched on a lot of different things. First one, identity that I think of. Um, and and when I get uh, calls from parents or emails from parents who are worried about their their high school graduate getting ready to go to college or maybe they've been in college for a bit and they're worried about them slipping away mm-hmm. it really does come down to our identity because um you know all the things like sexual morality things like that we, we're not in the business of behavior modification uh, we really want to be in the business of heart transformation which is introducing people to jesus christ and realizing your identity your worth your hope your future is all in him And so when people get that identity, then things like jobs, it's not to say you can't pick a job that you like. Sure, you can do that. But your job is secondary Mm because it's not really your purpose here on this earth. Um, And and again, not to say, hey, if you want a career change, then (laughs) pursue that. Do it responsibly. Don't just, you know, (laughs) jump into it. Yeah. uh, Don't just quit your job. Don't just quit your job. (laughs) Find a way to pay your bills, young adults. Um, but, but, uh, But making those decisions, realizing that my ultimate purpose is, um, Christ. And so decisions is one of the things that I talk to people about probably the most, even I would say even more than sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. Maybe they come to my office and uh, we end up getting to sexual immorality. But a lot of times it's because of decisions that Mm -hmm. they're like, hey, I'm in, I I could head this career or I could head to um, a relationship with this person or what do you think God wants me to do? And so decisions is something that I think the Bible is pretty clear on. And it's not that we have a mystical path that God's just going to unveil to us. Decisions really have to do with the will of God in our life. And the will of God is for us to be godly people for Him, mm-hmm. right? And it's not to say He never gives us um, a specific task or a specific um, burden on our heart. Absolutely, He does those things. But how good are we at those things if we're not the person that God wants us to be? What we'd rather see is out of the, this whole earth, God has this unique path just for me that he's carved out and I can't step one foot out of it. And right now I'm not seeing this, God. What's the step? 
how can I make this decision? How can I know which one to go to? And ultimately, um, God may give you those types of things, but ultimately his word tells us that he wants us to know him, to study his word, to pray, to evangelize, uh, to be pure, to do all those different things. So when we're talking about decision making, I'd rather people make decisions to live for God no matter which school they go to, which job they go to, sort of live for God. Uh, but then you also talked about um, really that the community is so important, right? We think about obstacles and people falling away. One of the worst things that a person, a young person can do is go get into a community of non-believers and make that their people, mm. as opposed to getting into a community of believers. That's one thing I love about SYA. And the we have a, a whole team of great leaders, but we also have a, a whole bunch of people who aren't on the leadership team, but that are just awesome young Christian adults. And it's been really cool to see how people build each other up. Mm-hmm. We need community. Psychologically speaking, um, as we go through different life stages there's a certain period where a person leaves where the the parent's word is no longer the one that matters the most to them not that it doesn't matter not that it shouldn't matter the most but that it doesn't internally Mm -hmm. and it comes to a point in adolescence and young adulthood that it becomes peers that are the most important and so if that's true which seems to be then it matters who we hang out with Mm -hmm. and so community is so important i had two quick verses proverbs 27 17 says Iron sharpens iron, and one person sharpens another. Now, everybody's heard that verse, and or at least quoted it, even if they have no idea it's from the Bible, right? <laughs> iron sharpens iron. We know what that means. You, yeah. you strengthen each other. You sharpen each other. Um, but that's the good side of it. That's what could happen if a person has community. And, of course, as SYA, single young adult uh, ministry leaders, we want people to come to SYA and hang out with us, right? Definitely. Um, and that's the good side. That's what can happen, as, as we see uh, one of the, my favorite parts of any week is getting to go to SYA and hear a bunch of young adults worship God together. Awesome, right? But then there's a negative side. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Because that's the other side of it, right? Mm-hmm. Is so often people do not make it a priority to surround themselves with believers. Mm-hmm. So how is faith going to be important if you're surrounded by people whose faith isn't important? And you, psychologically speaking, are influenced the most by people uh, by peers, by peers, yeah. by peers, and so if you're influenced the most by peers, and your peers are not following after God, then mm-hmm. how how can you expect um, to to do that? And that's not say remove yourself because we're here to be missionaries in this world. Mm-hmm. But who's your circle of trust and friends and influence? Got to have a godly one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anything else you all want to add on this obstacles? I think that's that's it for me. Got it. All right. So let's move on to the next one. We want to talk about truths. So we've talked about obstacles now. I want to talk about what are some truths that young adults need to know to be healthy and whole. So, Brandy, let's start with you this time. What are some things, uh, some truths young adults need to know to be healthy and whole? I think that um, in order to fully understand how we can be healthy and whole, we have to first understand who God is, Mm -hmm. right? Um, God is the creator of all things, of people. Um, And we are called his masterpiece, right? So he cares about us the most. Mm. Um, he is holy and just, um, immutable, gracious, merciful, and faithful, mm-hmm. um, among many other things. But one thing that God is not is a liar. Mm. And while the enemy would have us believe a, believe that, I think that his action in sending his son to be basically the person who takes the place of us mm. in payment for our sins, um, 
really just embodies all of his attributes. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the verse in Ephesians where it says, um, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Um, and this is not of your own doing, but it is a gift from God, mm-hmm. uh, not a result of your works, mm-hmm. um, so that you may not boast in it. Amen. And so that's something that really sticks with me when I think of um, just the truth for young for young adults that they need to know is that we have to learn who God is first so that we can then relate that back to ourselves because we're adopted into his family. Yeah, that's good. And so as I think of one thing that stuck out to me is when you said God's not a liar, because we could focus on all the positive things that God is. And I think people say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. When we think of God not being a liar, but Satan is a liar, why that's so important to young adults is think of all the different things pulling at young adults, right? That, oh, if I just have sex before marriage, you got to test drive the car. Or um, if I just live for me, or I just need to focus on these things and then I'll come back to church. And if we follow those things, which are the fleshly things, the earthly things, the things that Satan would wholeheartedly support us following, then we're going to find that those things are unsatisfying. We're going to find that they end in destruction. They end not with our happiness, but our ruin. Whereas God is not a liar, as you said, Mm -hmm. right? God is not a liar. And therefore, when he says, here is how marriage should work. And if you do it my way, it will be a blessed thing. Mm -hmm. Well, then I'm going to take God at his word. And and I mean, as we see society less and less following after the, the things of God and things like marriage, are marriages happier? Mm-hmm. Are they healthier? Are they more whole? They're not. As we see a society that, um, and young adults especially, that has just given themselves over to sexual immorality, are they happier? Or is depression on de- decline? I mean, it's yeah. not, right? And so God is not a liar. And so if we have promises in his words, so when we just think of truth and grounding ourselves in that identity and, and knowing whose we are in him and who he is, Remembering that he is truthful, remembering he's not a liar. And so when he has something in his word and tells us to do something, maybe we ought to listen, right? But what yes. about you? Anything to add to that or any other? I know um, you got some truths of your own to talk about. Yes. Well, building into what she said in terms of knowing God, um, that adds on to knowing who you are in God, who Christ is, um, your identity in Christ. Mm. Um, but for uh, to add before that, we also need to know that this is not something we are going um, by ourselves. Mm. These difficulties, we're not alone in them. There are yeah. other people who are struggling in the same area as us. So yep. uh, knowing that you're not alone in that battle, as well as knowing that God loves you wherever you are in your stage in your life, um, whether it be you're still a non-Christian or a Christian, um, that he loves you and he came to die for you and for your sins. And it's not something like what you mentioned of your works, but it is by the grace of God through faith. And um, knowing your identity makes you, knowing God also makes you know about your identity in him mm-hmm. and who you are in him. And he is, he says, you're complete in him. As it says in Colossians 2.10, you're also, you're sanctified. You are set apart for the master's work. You're no longer condemned for your sin, that you should be able to go to him and in, in full confidence that he'll be able to forgive you of your sins, no matter what sin that may be. Amen. And that you are greatly loved as well as you are equipped with everything that you ever need, spiritually, physically, with everything that you ever need in order to glorify God. And that, that there's no, uh, there's nothing that you'd be able to, in a way, accomplish without his help. Mm. And that everything is, in, in a way, it is, like it says in that verse, it is impossible 
um, without God, but with him, things can be possible. Yeah. And, and not through your own works, not through your own strength, but because the Holy Spirit is with you and that he is equipping you to continue to do that work that he's calling you. Mm. And reminding yourself as well of what what God's will is for your life and the purpose of your life. We talked about it kind of touched based on it in the beginning of the um, yeah, the, the obstacles is the the intention. What's the, the what's the intention of why you're doing what you're doing? And sometimes I, I do have that mentality of what's the truth? Am I doing this for myself? Am mm. I doing it so, so that I can be glorified? Am I doing it so that people will see me as, oh, this guy is godly and, you know, and they're praising me? Or am I doing it because I want to honor God? Mm. I want to point every every word, every action, every thought back to God. And that is what I'm called to do is to be set apart, not for myself, but for God. That's good. Uh, because as I mentioned, when I have parents call and they're wondering what can I do, mm-hmm. they do get into that behavior modification. We want our kids to behave a certain way. And I say kids, that's how they see them. But yeah. it's it's our young adults who are going to college or whatever. We want them to behave a certain way. Well, me too. Society wants that too, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we want them to be law-abiding citizens, things mm-hmm. like that. But behavior modification isn't the real goal. That, mm-hmm. that should be the fruit of heart transformation. Yeah. And so, yeah, are we doing these things because we love God? And so that's the first thing for any young adult to focus on is do you have a real real relationship with Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. And if not, get one. And then if you do, then focus on that relationship. You also mentioned that they're not alone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the things that they're struggling with, so are other people. And the cure is not unique either. Uh, I think of Ecclesiastes where it says there's nothing new under the sun. Or I think of 1 Corinthians 10 um, where it talks about no temptation has taken man, but such as is common to man. Mm-hmm. Um, these things are common, right? Sexual immorality mm-hmm. is common. Depression is common. Um, feelings of maybe feelings of unworthiness mm-hmm. or feeling put on pause because of singleness. Those things are, are common, and the solution is common, and it is, again, to seek God. So I put, um, I, I put it for my notes, I put truth, uh, for truth, I put seek God, don't worry. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is how many people I've counseled with that are worried about a decision, mm-hmm. that are worried, is this the right person for me? Is this the right job? Is this the right school? Is this the right degree? Is this the right? And they, they want this perfect little path etched out. Whereas I would submit to them that God wants them, not a path. God can make whatever path. That's not to say that there's not better choices than others, right? Mm -hmm. There are, but we focus on those more than seeking God. So I have this Matthew 6, verses 28 through 34. This is what popped into my mind, um, where Jesus says, And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Mm. So when I think of when people come to me and talk about what am I supposed to do here, 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 what, what decision should I make, how do I know what decision, 
seek God. Because when we're thinking of doors of opportunity, like, oh, I have this opportunity, or I could go to this school, or I could pursue this, God cares so much more about the faith of the man or woman walking through that door of opportunity than he does the door. God could open infinite doors for anyone. He could. He cares more about the person walking through them. So as we think of the struggles that young adults face, a lot of times it is just stress and worry over decisions that we just get buried in what do I do? Seek God. Mm. Honor God. And I don't mean just seek him for an answer to your question. I mean seek him. Mm. Seek to know him, the things you all have talked about. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just thinking about how all of that stuff kind of caters to the how identity is defined in mm. the world. And identity in the world is defined by our behaviors, by our jobs, mm. by mm. our feelings and emotions and whatnot. And how that is just not the case when Mm. you're a believer you know like our identity is rooted in christ and being rooted in christ then determines our behaviors and we would grow from that that's a good word Mm -hmm. yeah because if you name the name of christ your lord and savior then you are adopted you are a child of the king a royal priesthood a holy nation right you are those things now we don't always act like those things yeah but we are those things and because we are those things we should act like those things yeah so good word anything else to add on that uh, oh, that's it. all right so last one um, I want to talk about priorities so we've talked about the obstacles the problems then we talked about different truths okay well what does kind of the Bible say about these problems and now I want to talk about priorities Um, that a person should have, a young adult should have, that maybe they could implement to help them face these obstacles. So, DJ, what are some things that that you think of? I believe, first and foremost, really seeking God daily, like what you said, Um, prioritizing Him, as it says in Matthew 6, 33. And when you have that down, like, for example, I like to use the acronym JOY. What does it mean to have joy in this world? Well, the acronym talks about how Jesus is the first one. And then mm. you have your others. Others as in, as it says in Philippians 2, 3, do not, do not in out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Mm. But there's also the why. What's the why? Yourself. Um, learn also how to love yourself and not to put yourself down in the sense that, oh, so that, does that mean I need to ignore myself and only love others? No, God loves you too. God loves you, and it talks about how love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't say love your neighbor or hate yourself. No, it's as yourself. So you need to also have that self-love, but know that the priority is God, first and foremost. And um, like what we were talking about prior to this was that there's this saying of the, the threat to the best is always, more often than not, the second best. And I believe most, most often than not, the second best is not something bad. It's actually something good, like your family, like your job, your career, your your spouse Mm. but sometimes they can take over that spot from god uh, for god because you've lost your sight you've lost your focus and i believe seeking god daily like you said just with the intention of i want to honor god i want to put him first and i believe the rest will follow through Mm. the rest will just come into place because that's what at least uh my actually 630 says seek ye first the kingdom of god and and all his righteousness and all these other things the other things are like the second best. All these other things will be added onto mm. that. That's good. I want to add a distinction too because that was good. I've never heard that joy thing. So I, I like that. Um, Jesus, others, yourself. And when you think of loving yourself, because people could go one of the two wrong ways, of right? Course. 
they could they could hate themselves. And we see a lot of um, that today where people are depressed, feel worthless, things like that. And that's kind of what that's speaking against. Of course, someone could go the other way and, and they could be narcissistic or just extremely arrogant. You're not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. You're saying realize your worth in Christ. Mm-hmm. Realize that you are fearfully and wonderfully made yes. and, and that God loves you enough to send his son to die for you. Mm-hmm. And so we want people to hear that. We want them to know that God loves them and that they are of just uncalculable worth mm-hmm. that that god loves the creator of the universe loves them enough to send his son to die for them all right so uh do you have any more brand um, we'll, we'll let brandy yeah, go brandy we'll go, go back to you go ahead brandy <laughs> um just kind of feeding off of what dj's saying i think that when you prioritize god over self um you're obviously intentionally seeking god mm-hmm. like in matthew um you develop self-discipline and understand that salvation doesn't necessarily mean that because I'm saved by grace means that I can do whatever I want to. (laughs) Right. And, but also it doesn't mean that you're going to fail or you're not going to fail Mm -hmm. that you will fail, but sanctification is a process Mm -hmm. that comes over time um, to the point of becoming perfect and glorification and, being spiritually and I mean I guess physically perfect in the kingdom of heaven. Sure, when we're glorified, given those glorified bodies, uh, and so I think that's a, a good thing to think of because a lot of times people will stumble and fall, and the tendency is to then hide from God as if He can't see us, right? Mm-hmm. Or to say, oh, "I can't." I've heard this so many times. Oh, I'd go to church, but I'd catch fire in there. No, you won't. It's a hospital for the the sick and dying. It is. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hiding from God does nothing. When I stumble, I need to return to Him mm-hmm. and, and live for Him. So, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. That's that's what I have. All right, good stuff. So. DJ, when I asked him, do you have more? He's like, yeah. He's got way more. I've got like <laughs> 10 pages. How long do you want me to go? Go ahead, DJ. What, well, uh, to add on top of the seeking God daily, why is that? Why do we need to seek God? And um, based on Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it helps us. Um, really just set into focus one of the reasons why and that is to help transform our mind to help uh, continually because that's what sanctification is the transforming of our hearts and our mind in order to set our hearts and our minds to the kingdom of God and not the things of this world and I love it how it's where it's like you can see the, the difference of the fruits of someone who is eternally seeking God and someone who is seeking the joy of this world mm. the 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 happiness of this world and the difference in the fruits is is from one side to the other. There's really that big difference. And this is eternal while this is temporary. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is permanent. This will not last. Mm. And that's where I believe one of the very, very good fruits of seeking God daily is that your your mind is constantly transformed daily to set your things, to set your mind and heart on the things above and not the things of this world. That's good. And because I think we also need to think of, as Brandy said, uh, you talk about the word transform and that's a gradual process. The yes. path of sanctification. Now you're instantly declared holy on salvation, but there's a path where um, we start to try to look like the children of God that we are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's an up and down path. It's mm-hmm. a zigzag sometimes. Um, so we need to realize that that it's a, a gradual thing. And we need to realize that because we have to know that the habits that we have in our life will absolutely transform us. But the problem is that could be bad habits. Mm-hmm. If I, if a person listening to this or watching this is like, I am in pornography, but I do all the other stuff well, that that pornography That's is so, affecting them. Yeah. It, it is transforming how they think. It is transforming what their heart 
cares about. And then you say, well, it's hard to give up. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And the deeper you go, the harder it will be to give up. But if you work to give it up, if you surrender it to God, first you have to have a relationship with him. But then you also need to make the the practical, um, no getting around it. It's a, a decision to say, I'm going to turn from this. And if I failed, I'm going to turn back to him. Mm-hmm. And it and put that in any situation. It, you know, a lot of times we just focus on pornography because it's so prevalent. But whatever it is, maybe it's something as simple as they don't go to church. Maybe there's a person who's like, well, I believe in God, so I don't really need to go be around his people or read his word. Like they never say that, but that's in effect what people are doing. Those habits, those decisions absolutely transform them. And in that instance, it's for the negative because they're staying away from the things that would transform them in a positive way. And so you could you could put whatever scenario, if there's bad habits or bad decisions in a person's life, those things are transforming them for the bad. If there's good habits and good things and good people and godly things and his word in their life, then those things are absolutely transforming them. All right, anything to anything else to add on this? I think uh, on just on what you're saying right now, I've heard a lot of young adults in recent years saying, well, I don't hear God speaking in my life, you know, Mm. and then you ask them the follow up question. Well, are you praying to God? Mm -hmm. Are you spending time in church or in his word in his word? And if the answer to all of those things is no, then of course you don't hear God speaking in your life. You don't, you can't even see God Mm. working in your life when you're not taking that practical step to meet him, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I, I pulled out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of times people want um, the answer to their, their desires. They want uh, to become a Christian without any of the effort that goes into it. Growth is a process just like the human body is not going to grow without food or without drink, um, so too our spirituality is not going to grow without the bread of life, without the meat of Scripture. You look like you, you're on to a thought. You want me, I'll, I'll give you some time. I'm going to no, circle the... Oh, you you're got good. it? No, no, you're good. Okay. Um, so, so when I think about this, thinking about priorities, priorities that a single young adult or just a young adult should implement into their life so that they can face the obstacles that we've talked about. It's just the disciplines. Mm-hmm. So so many times we're looking for this magic potion that will just all of a sudden make us a super Christian where, hey, whatever temptation I had before, it's no longer there all of a sudden. It's just gone. Mm-hmm. Hey, how about that? Life's going to be easy now. I, I am no longer tempted to do anything bad ever. When people are mean to me, I just I don't have anger anymore. How how great is that? When, uh, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> when someone cuts me off in traffic, I, I don't even get angry. I, I It's impossible for that's never going to happen, right? Until we're given this glorified body, a renewed mind in, in eternity, on this side of eternity, it's not going to happen. So what do we need to do? We need to practice the regular spiritual disciplines that God has already given us. Things like prayer, mm. things like church, things like reading his word, like accountability with other people, like singing praise to him, worshiping him, sharing our faith, the lost art of sharing our faith, right? It has become, I'm just going to invite people to church. Now, I don't want people to stop doing that, but they should also share their faith. Yeah. Like when we look in scripture, we are called witnesses for him. Mm-hmm. A witness means I tell someone about what I saw. I just tell someone about what happened to me. So when we think about priorities, young adult, if you are not in church, get in church. Mm. Right? You may say, well, but this college semester is really busy. All right, good. Welcome to adulthood. The rest of your life is going to be busy. It is. 
get in church. Set boundaries. Set boundaries. Yeah. Cut out things that you shouldn't have, right? Make God the priority. And he's not the priority in a person's life if they're not in his word, if they're not in prayer, if they're not in church. He's just not. He's mm-hmm. not the priority. Because as you said, those are the ways we know him, right? It, it, he doesn't have just a phone number we call. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be easier. But he's given us his word. He's told us to pray to him. He's he's given us his people in his church. Um, it's clear how we commune with God. Mm-hmm. And so we have to. And so that's what I would say to any young adult who is struggling with obstacles and struggling with the faith and worried about um, growing and where they'll be in five years. Will they even be a practicing Christian in five years? Maybe they'll, they'll always believe, but will they be a practicing Christian? Well, it matters today what habits they put in place. Mm. Because the habits of today for a young adult become what their adulthood will look like. Not that God can't bring them back. He can. But that's the hard road. The easy road is today to choose to live for him and to do the things for him. Well, thank you all for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe and share with someone who needs a little faith in their life. And if you're in the O'Fallon, Illinois area, we'd love for you to stop by and visit one of our worship services. Uh, We have two of them. You can view them online or in person. We also have our small groups, which we call life groups, and they're at all hours on Sunday morning. And you can uh, be in those in person, or you can also view those online, uh, participate in those online. You can find out anything about our church at fbcofallon.org. That is fbcofallon.org. And we'll see you next time.